Good morning, everybody. Good Erev Shabbos. This is Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. I am just got so many great adventures about food to share with you, great food adventures. It's been an unbelievable week. Um, I just actually came back from sunny California. Unbelievable. I have some great, great interviews that I'm going to be playing for you. Uh, so I hope that you will tune in and stick around for the next hour because I basically got your winter break planned for you. <laughs> so you can hear all about uh, California and uh, all the exciting food adventures I have uh, I have had this week. Um, I'm joined in the studio by my engineer extraordinaire, Dobbin Netkin. Uh, he keeps our show up and running, so uh, we're very excited that we are uh, here together on the Lower East Side. Um, and I have with me Sherry Marks from San Diego, California, and she's going to be joining us later on in the show also. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Naomi Nachman. I'm about all the food all the time. Love, love food. I love to shop for it, cook it, eat at restaurants, anything food-related. Uh, I'm a kosher personal chef. My business is called the Aussie Gourmet. I give lots of cooking classes. I cater for people sh- for Shabbat, for Yontov, Pesach, Rosh Hashanah, Thanksgiving, small parties. Anytime you don't feel like cooking, I'm the person to call. Um, also, I hope you will tune in every week and hear about my cooking adventures, kosher food traveling, and sharing of great food ideas and recipes each week. But I would like to hear from you too. This should be like a conversation. So um, if you have something you want to share with me, uh, there's a lot of ways you can reach out to me. Um, uh, Naomi at NachumSiegel.com. You can join my fan page, uh, The Aussie Gourmet, on Facebook. Um, I'm on Instagram. Twitter. I got Twitter. I have so many followers. I'm up to 30 followers now. I am very excited because maybe only three weeks ago I had six. So we're getting there. Um, Or you can join my newsletter uh, on my webpage, theaussiegourmet.com. But that's actually also very exciting news. That's also being reworked now. um, And I'm going to have a brand new relaunching uh, of my website in just a couple of weeks. Uh, Hopefully, maybe even by next week. Depends if I get my act together with my amazing web designer. Um, So, uh, Honey Adler, you have been fantastic. So it's been great working with her and uh, just revamping uh, any uh, old, taking out old stuff, adding in new. And if you guys have any things that you want to share with me, if you need me to look up an ingredient or find a recipe or talk about a restaurant or what you ate in a restaurant, please reach out to me because I'd love to hear it and, and maybe get you on the phone as well to hear about uh, your food adventures too. So I say, if you eat it, share it with me. <laughs> um, so I have had lots of crazy food adventures this past week. Um I was really, really lucky um, to be able to go to California. It's not my first time out there. Um, when I, you know, living in Australia, growing up in Australia, anytime you wanted to go to America, uh, your first stop was Los Angeles. Uh, that's where you change planes to go off to either to Europe and then change planes to Israel. I know, can you imagine you have to go America, Europe, and then Israel just to get to Israel from Australia? It's changed now. Um, I think they actually have more direct flights uh, from Australia to Israel uh, through El Al, through Bangkok, I believe. But uh, back in the 80s, when we first left Australia with my parents, my brothers, by mid, so we had to make our first stop in Los Angeles, and we spent a couple of days there. So I, and then every time I would go in and out of New York with my kids, we tried to make a stop or two uh, in in Los Angeles. So I'd been before, but I had never actually uh, been to the. My dream was to go not to Disneyland because I'd done that, 
to the Herzog Winery. That was like, you know, I think it opened in 06. We're gonna and and it was just like something I always wanted to. So my husband tells me about ten months ago, I've got a conference in San Diego. He's a lawyer, and he had this. He has this legal conference in San Diego, and I'm thinking ten months ago. I'm thinking great. Now I finally have can go with him, and we can get out to the Herzog Winery. So for ten months in my head, I have been planning this trip. So uh, it was very exciting, and we had this credit card that you get a companion ticket. I don't know, it's a Citibank card. It's fantastic. You know, I'm very big into the points um, and building up things your to fly and travel and hotel stays on points. Um, but we used his this companion credit card uh, offer, and I got a free ticket. So yeah, that was great. And you know, I, we got to tr- I got to travel with him, and of course we said if we're going to go to California and go to get San Diego, we got to go a few days earlier. And make our way up to Oxnard. Um, that's where the Herzog Winery is. And I would just want to thank Jay Booksbaum for organising that for me because um, he uh, spoke to. He works obviously for the Royal Wines at Kedem, um, and he contacted the Herzogs and he set up uh, some uh, interviews for me um, out there. And it was incredible. And we're gonna. I'm gonna play some of those interviews. They they. Um, Believe it or not, iPhones have amazing apps that you can have recording devices on them now. For like five bucks, you can download these amazing apps and I, you know, for recording. So we're going to listen to some of the interviews. Um, It's totally worthwhile. I don't want to talk too much now um, because a lot of the information I'm dying to share with you, I I did, uh, I spoke with the guys out at Kedem about and you'll hear all the information there. This is my interview with Motti Herzog. Hi, this is Naomi Nachman at the, from the Nachum Siegel Network. I am host of Table for Two, and I'm sitting here in uh, the beautiful city of Oxnard, California, with Mati Herzog. He is the, his title was, I do what needs to be done guy over here at the uh, Herzog Wine Cellars. Uh, thank you so much for sitting with me. Hello, thank you. Thank you for, for uh, talking with me today. So, um, you know, we're about to take a little bit of a tour, and he came down very excited, sharing um, some very exciting news about the Zagat survey of 2014. Can you tell me what's, what happened? That Well, we've been very proud of the restaurant. What we think about the restaurant is, as you well know, the Herzog family has changed the image of kosher wine to what kosher wine is now known as global, high quality, and by drinking kosher wine, you're not giving anything up in terms of food that has been not known in kosher food. Well, the same as we've done with kosher wine, changing the image of kosher wine to what it's known now, we are now doing that with food as well. So Tierra's restaurant rated one of the highest rated restaurants in the Los Angeles County. In kosher, it's the number one rated restaurant. In Ventura County, where the winery is situated, it is number one restaurant. That's fantastic. And, uh, Actually, today on my desk, I got the new Zagat rating, which for food gave us a 28, where we have been there before. And service, we went from a 25 to a 27. So we are now service at 27, food 28, which most probably would put us in one of the highest out of kosher, including L.A. County in Los Angeles, as one of the highest rated restaurants, kosher to non-kosher. That's absolutely fantastic. That's really so nice to hear. It's such an accomplishment for the kosher market. You've really taken wine and food to the next level for, for all the kosher foodies out there, all the people who appreciate good wine and food. Correct. And we're, we're very proud of that. 
It's, it, you should be. <laughs> so I recommend if you're coming out to California, make it your business to stop here because it is really something special. And the weather's always nice here, right? Yep, beautiful. And if you come in the evening, you'll get to smell the grill outside, grilling the uh, amazing food that we do outside on a wood-burning grill as well. Well, this is the morning time, so maybe we'll stick around to the evening time too. Morning time, you'll get the smell of strawberries. Ah, oh, yeah, we, we we pass a lot of farms on the way out here. Thank you very much for speaking with us. Okay, that was uh, my interview with Marty Herzog. He's from the family uh, uh, of the obviously the Herzog wine family. They've been making wine for nine generations. Unbelievable. So uh, they really have a long history. So when you open a bottle of uh, Herzog Wine, you are opening a bottle of history. So uh, I think that's always something special. Um, my next interview was with um, David Whitmore, and um, the, uh, he's the marketing director, and John Herleman. Uh, they were hilarious, very, very informative, and they really, like, spent a lot of time with me afterwards, you know, taking me around. Uh, so let's hear the table for two on the Nachum Siegel Network. I am at the Herzog Wineries out in Oxnard, California. It's a dream come true for me to be here. I'm sitting with two of the most uh, exciting people here this morning for me to talk to. Um, first, I'm going to introduce... Uh, David Whittemore. David Whittemore. He is the... Uh, I'm going to let him actually explain to me, what he, what, to, to our listeners, what he does here. Well, my name is David Woodmore, and I'm the marketing director here at Herzog Wine Cellars. And uh, I really came from a background of artisan beverage. So coming to Herzog Wine Cellars, it was a great uh, continuation in my career of really pursuing great craftsmen that do amazing things with beverage. So I came to Herzog Wine Cellars just on a date, actually, with my wife. And we came to... Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but we had such an amazing time. I mean, with the service, with the quality of the food, we did some wine tasting that for weeks afterwards, it was something that we kept bringing up. And I saw an opportunity here and just went for it. And really, ever since I started here, I feel like it's just been inspiring every day to work with people like Gabe, work with our winemaker, Joe Herleman, and the Herzog family themselves. Just their commitment to bringing the highest quality to the public. That's really what everything is about here. You know, I think the world has become a so, so I, I, I call them foodies. The whole kosher food market has grown so much, and especially the kosher wine market. There's been such a demand for great kosher wine, and I think that the Herzog, you know, in, uh, family has really brought it to the forefront. You know, when you think kosher wine, you're thinking Herzog. I appreciate that. I'm sure Joe Herleman, uh, our winemaker, also appreciates that. And uh, I mean, I, I can let him speak to it about just really what drives him and, and that part of our, our business. Wonderful. Okay, so we're going to switch over a little bit to uh, Joe. Joe Hillerman is the winemaker in uh, the, Bar the Herzog. And why do I keep saying Baron Herzog? Is there a reason why I say that? Because isn't it known as Baron Herzog Wines? Uh, well, for quite a long time, Baron Herzog would be the uh, most cases that you would see out there in the general market. So the uh, Royal Wine Corporation is actually the... Is actually yeah, we're the, going. <laughs> uh, very good. Is actually the uh, organization that has a number of different brands. So if you look at the different brands we have, Baron Herzog is by far the number, the largest number of cases. So... 
You have Herzog, which is reserve programs. Okay, we'll talk about that in a minute. Exactly. It's a different kind of exactly. Right. Yeah. But but that's why you call, that's why you're saying Baron Herzog. Um, but here, this is Herzog Wine Cellars. That's what we're known as here in Oxnard. We've been here since 2005. I've been with the uh, family now, the Herzog family, since 1998. So this is my 16th harvest. So I've been with them about 15 months, 15 years, and three or four months. Uh, and the reason I came to uh, Herzog, trying to answer the question about premium uh, wine and uh, the growth of kosher wine and quality and the differences in the style of wine that we're making now is because of the fact that I had uh, found out that there was going to be a position at um, Herzog Wine Cellars. And I really wanted to, I'm kind of a person who likes to work with a dynamic aspect of uh, wine or just work in general. And I really wanted to take kosher wine and I wanted to vault it to a different arena. So I wanted to continue the, the evolution of the quality that the Herzog family had started in 1985 in California, and I wanted to continue that on, especially now that they were going to build a winery at some point. Okay, so let, let's take a little bit of that information you've given us. Sure. And let's talk about the history. You said 1985 the Herzog started making wine? In California. In California. And where did we make it before that? Uh, actually, the Herzog uh, family has been making wines for nine generations now. Most of that time was in uh, Slovakia. So most wow. of that time was in Slovakia. Wow, very in 1948, when uh, the communists were going to take over uh, private property or private companies, the family moved from Czechoslovakia to the east coast of the United States and started uh, – the father started to work for a company called Royal Wine Corporation. Right, which uh, and then eventually, which we all know. exactly. Eventually, he owned so much of the uh, he owned so much of the company that he was able to buy out the other owners, and then he and his uh, sons built it into what it is An now. An empire, a wine exactly, empire. Exactly. Yes. Mm -hmm. So in 1985, <laughs> they saw an opportunity to start making premium wine from California. Okay, so, so a lot of our listeners don't know what premium wine sure. is. Can you explain that to us? Sure. Uh, well, um, let, let's say we are talking about wine that we wouldn't consider to be uh, made from um, American varieties like Concord or Catawba actually coming from European grape varieties that were brought to the United States over the years. So you're talking about Chardonnay, Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, and you're talking about doing it in a way that uh, maintains the quality, and you're talking about barrel aging, mm -hmm. uh, you're talking about all the different things that really promote quality in a wine once it's in the bottle. So Baron Herzog really is your value price wine, <laughs> and then your Herzog would be your, your ultra-premium wine. And so. we, see, we see a lot of reserve wine. Yes. Uh, right? Sure, you do. Uh, reserve in itself, 
the term doesn't necessarily mean anything. Okay. But that, it, it always sounds so fancy. It does. <laughs> it, it, it does. And, this, and, and, and I'm not talking about the Herzog brands. I'm just talking about wine in general. In the general market, it can say reserve. That doesn't necessarily mean anything. You have to have, as a consumer, you have to have uh, the knowledge of what that means at the p particular place that you're buying it from, from the brand. For the Herzogs, when we put special reserve or we put um, special edition on it, that means quite a bit to us. That means that Joe Herleman, me, the third person, sorry about that, um, <laughs> is, is actually going out. He is, I am actually going out. I am looking at that vineyard. I am thinking, is that vineyard reserve quality? Can I make great wine out of that vineyard? Where is right, this vineyard? Uh, all over California. So oh, we actually okay. source, we own one vineyard, and that vineyard is in Clarksburg, uh, that is Prince Vineyard. That's in the Sacramento Delta. So okay. that's one vineyard that we own. But we also choose, and when I say we, I've been with us so long, I say we. Yes. Uh, we also choose to source our grapes from the best regions of California for that particular variety that we are attempting to make and what we're attempting to put in the bottle. So when we're talking about... When we're talking about most reserve wines, uh, I am talking about Sonoma Valley and Napa Valley. So I am constantly traveling there. I am working with different vineyard owners. And you uh, buy the grapes off them? We, we, we do. And also, on some of the vineyards that we purchase grapes from, we control the entire process. So the way our long-term lease agreement would be is, is that we control how they farm, when they pick, wow. what they do. So that gives us, it, it, it gives us the flexibility of not quite owning the property, but having this control. Like a managing, exactly. managing control. Right. Exactly. And then quality, that we can bring the quality that we want to the product that we're making. So I've learned a lot from um, Jay Bookspan. Oh, very good, yes. Jay, yeah, yes. giving you a big shout out. Yes. Um, he put this, helped me put this very good. wonderful meeting together. He's a frequent guest on my radio show. And he's taught me like a lot about the times of the year that you pick the grape. Depends on Depends where you on are in the world. And where you were in the world. <laughs> like he taught me that I happen to love the late, the Baron Herzog, sure. late half is, late half is the, not um, Zinfandel. Am okay. I talking about that right? Okay. Um, it's the most one of my most favorite wines. Wonderful, it's delicious, and you pick that at the towards the end of the season. You do so, and I can talk. You want to know why? Would you? Would you? Um, so I do want to know why. But okay. here's my question: If you're say can taking control of this great farm, sure, um, vineyard, vineyard. Uh -huh. <laughs> great farm, how? <laughs> um, so. You, you're taking control of the vineyard in, say, in an early in the season, you would pick the grapes and you would make what would be a, a grape that you would make early on in the season, a Chardonnay? Uh, Chardonnay would come in earlier. Early in Merlot the season. would come Merlot. in earlier than then, some other varieties. And then you would pick, say, early in the season, something for Chardonnay and the set from the same vineyard, you would pick something late in the season for a, um, you know, zip, late half a Zinfandel. Okay. Is that, yeah. how, is that how it works when you take... I'm just trying to get a picture of, of how we actually choose and make the wine. Sure. Well, let's just step back one moment, Naomi, and let, let us look at what you, were, what you were saying. So if we're talking about Prince Vineyard, the vineyard that the Herzog family owns, that vineyard does have Chenin Blanc, Chardonnay, Sauvignon Blanc, 
and some Merlot on it. So yes, of course, you would pick the Sauvignon Blanc, Chenin Blanc earlier. Then a few weeks would go on. Then you would pick the Chardonnay for the Baron Herzog program. Then a few weeks would go on. Then you would pick the Merlot off of that vineyard. So you have a, a stretch. You, you have so, a sort of a stretch of time. Then, since we do make a late harvest Chenin Blanc, we would come back even after the Merlot and we would pick the Chenin Blanc that was now very, very, very sweet. So that's what makes a late harvest wine usually is that you pick it very late. You have more, you have more sugar that's been built up by the vine. The vine wants to produce sugar in the berries because they want birds to take them and sends the seeds all around. That's why, that is what a grape is. It has a seed and it really wants to disperse those seeds all over the place by birds. I mean, that's anthropomorphic, but you know, it's cute anyway. <laughs> okay, we're having by a lesson as well. I know, I, I, yes, I know, I know, I'm <laughs> no, sorry. No, Certain we words. this is what our <laughs> listeners want to hear. They want to exactly. hear. Exactly. So, so, so when does the actual season start? When is day one of the opening season of grapes? Is it, it, it March it, or is it? No, it depends. It depends on how the growing season is progressing in California or on the West Coast. Yeah, let's talk just in California. Basically, you're looking at sometime in August through sometime in November. November is usually usually late harvest time. Right, not much late in the year. Exactly, not much going to be harvested in November. Just small amounts of grapes. So, but some years it's September through November. This year it happens to be it started about. August um, 18th or so for us. It would have started a little earlier for people who make sparkling wine. Mm, like, so, what, what's your sparkling wine here? We don't make one. I, I said, so for us, we don't make a sparkling wine in California. Okay. So we, th- Right. Our first thing normally would be white Zinfandel. It just didn't Yum. come off that early. So talking about the vineyard that has the late harvest Zinfandel, since that's your favorite. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We, we, we harvested the white Zinfandel that's come off of it. We haven't harvested the red Zin, which will happen next week. Hmm. Then in two or three weeks, we will harvest the late harvest Zinfandel. So there's really literally two weeks. In no, the, well, I mean, three, I'm just two, giving... Two, three weeks. I know, three, but like, we're weeks, not talking weeks. a huge time frame no, here. No, no. So picking in the turning of the actual grapes. no. That's not the case necessarily for late harvest Riesling, um, the white Riesling that we produce. Oh, we the will Riesling, not the late harvest we, right, Riesling. We will not pick that until probably the week of the United States Thanksgiving. So that'll be the third or fourth week of November. We won't oh. pick it till then. That's how long it's it sits on the vine, getting riper and riper and riper and riper. Plus, it comes from an area that's cool. Monterey is very cool. So those are all the Monterey things. Monterey is more n- further north. So we are sitting north. here in Oxnard. Yeah, Oxnard. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an hour just to give people who don't know, because I find no offense to any New Yorker, but you're not so good with maps and directions. So we're about further north. I can get away with saying that because I'm Australian. <laughs> but um, they're, they're, it's a, we're about an hour's north of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to get a picture of, you know, the ge- a geographical picture, and and Monterey is ha- further up another how many hours you, by car? To, to get to Monterey County, you'd be looking at approximately 
three hours and 45 minutes from here. Okay, so it's really right. much further north towards San Francisco. It is, it is. Wonderful. Right. Well, thank you so much. You're we're welcome. just going to, uh, we're going to hear from the food makers, uh, uh, the chefs over here at, uh, at um, the Herzog Cellar right here in Oxnard, California. Okay, so that was uh, a very interesting and informative interview. That was with David Whit- Whitmore. Uh, he's the marketing director um, at, at uh, Herzog Winery. And uh, Joe Herleman is the winemaker extraordinaire. Um, after that meeting, uh, Joe took my husband and I around uh, the winery. Um, remember, there's no vineyard there. So I actually thought there'd be a vineyard because I've been to some vineyards in Israel and, and, um, and where they where they pick and then manufacture the wine, bottle the wine or whatever. Um, and there, I, so I was a little surprised, but there is also a self-guided tour. But Joe just made us feel like ro- royalty. It was so nice. Um, took us around. We got to see um, the huge giant vats. They were like many, many, many stories high. And he, you know, he took us down to the cellars and, and um, we also saw uh, the, the grape, the, the mulch, it basically looked like grape mulch, which was going to be turned into wine. We saw big giant vats of uh, wine that's going to be, uh, it was uh, black musket. Um, so I was like, great, because that's also one of my, you know, uh, top favorite wines. My dad likes that a lot. So whenever he comes, he buys us uh, some black black musket. Um, so, yeah, so Joe really gave us the royal treatment and a great tour. And then, of course, we ended our amazing day with lunch. Um, first uh, we we met up with Gabe Garcia. We're going to hear from him in a minute. We're going to uh, play his interview. Uh, he took us around the kitchen. I took so many photos. I'm actually going to post those on Instagram uh, in the next couple of days. So if you want to see uh, inside the kitchen of the Le Terrasseur, uh, Terrasseur uh, restaurant in uh, the uh, winery, it's uh, very cool what, what they had going. Mirepoix and, and uh, all the desserts going to bake and just stuff uh, being seared, a big, like, 10 pounds of veal being seared, and then it was going off to be braised. It was, like, very exciting for me to be there. And it is not this massive kitchen. I thought, you know, you're in you're in that, this big winery. They, they built it, this this whole Herzog facility to, you know, for, as, as they needed it. You know, they could have made a huge kitchen, and uh, they did not. It's pretty decent size, but, you know, I thought it would be massive like a camp kitchen, and it was not, um, but it's really functional. It's amazing. They have great stuff. And then they treated us to the most exquisite lunch of my life, and I've had a lot of nice food in my day, but uh, Gabe Garcia, you are really the best uh, chef, executive chef I've ever eaten from, um, and, and you made us feel so special. And our waitress, a big shout-out to her. She was unbelievable. Uh, you deserve every Zagat uh, score that you got. Um, and, of course, they tried to match each course with um, a beautiful glass of wine. Uh, my favorite was the, uh, he made some homemade pasta. Gabe made, he made this special for us for the lunch menu. It's usually only on the dinner menu, but he knows that I like sausages and handmade pasta. Yes, I'm a huge pasta snob. Um, so he made some handmade pasta for us with some veal and lamb sausages with a lamb casing. Now, you can never get kosher casing. So he made, he, he makes his own. It was unreal. And then my other favorite, I can still taste it days and days later, lamb bacon. Unbelievable. So, you know, if you're thinking winter vacation, we're going to keep talking about California throughout the show. I'm going to switch over to uh, Sherry Marks from San Diego, who's right here with me in the studio. But first, we're going to hear our 
interview with Gabe Garcia from uh, the Herz- executive chef at the Baron Herzog Winery. Hi, you're listening to Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm the host of Table for Two, and I'm sitting here in Oxnard, California, on a gorgeous day in the Herzog Wine Cellars. I'm, like, beyond excited to be here. And I'm sitting here with Chef Gabe Garcia. He's the executive chef of Tierra Sur, the fine restaurant out here in uh, the winery. So welcome. Thank you so much for uh, sitting with me today. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's the pleasure is all mine. Thank you for having me. So let's talk a little bit about the history of, um, you know, the restaurant here. Okay. Um, I believe the restaurant was open in 06, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. And the chef prior to me was um, Todd Ahrens, yeah. who was formerly from um, a place in Jersey. What was it called? Uh, Mosaica. Oh, Mosaic. Right. Okay, I think I heard of that. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I was oblivious that there was a, a restaurant of this caliber in Oxnard. I'm from Oxnard, born and raised in Oxnard, third generation actually. And um, when I heard there was an opportunity here through a classmate in culinary school, uh, I jumped right on it. All right. So you came fresh out of culinary school to here? Actually, I was working in the industry for about six years prior to go to culinary school and going to culinary school and um, doing some corporate cooking working for a corporate company. And um, I knew I wanted to get to the caliber of fine dining and high-speed cooking and more of line cooking. And um, Todd Aarons gave me the opportunity. Wow, that's fantastic because this restaurant, he and you, I guess, alongside him and now you have yeah. made this number America's number one kosher restaurant. <laughs> and it's funny, we I wish I could describe the drive here. We are an hour north of Los Angeles. You're probably the only kosher restaurant in a... 50-mile radius? 40-mile radius? Uh, I believe, yeah. Yeah, 50. There's a pizza place not too up north in Agora not too long ago. So that's about 20 miles, 30 miles maybe. Okay, so it's, 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 you are really, you know, the restaurant out here. Um, it's a, it's industrial. The area is gorgeous. You know, we stayed last night in Ventura. We took the 15-minute drive down here. So, you know, I'm, I always talk about vacations and family vacations. Winter break is coming up. It's now middle of October. Think about going to Ventura. The harbour there is gorgeous. We took an early morning bike ride this morning before heading out uh, to Oxnard. And, it's, you know, we passed some groves of um, peppers. I think they were picking peppers this morning. And yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's beautiful. Even though it's an industrial area, it's an absolutely gorgeous area. The mountains and the harbour and... Well, Oxnard's famous for, you know, um, growing things. So it's always been in our lineage. You know, I think first we were famous for uh, sugar beets, and then came strawberries, and then avocados and citrus. So uh, we're surrounded by a farm area vast all the way up north. And um, usually a lot of produce that's being uh, grown here is shipped out. So... um, uh, we're happy to be in an extra uh, particular place where we get the, the fruits and the best of the best from locality. And um, So you're a lot of the um, yeah, know, uh, fruits so and vegetables from, from... Local farmers. So, lo- local. Yeah. That's so always the best. And that's the way uh, Todd taught me, and that's the way we cook here, is uh, seasonality. Just like uh, yeah, seasonal. Joe Herleman talks about the harvest, we follow the harvest also. So uh, vegetables change, um, produce change. And it all depends on the year. And uh, we try to use more of the abundance of what's around. And that kind of dictates what we're cooking on the menu. So 
I'm very excited to see this menu. I've been following it for years online. <laughs> of course, you know, when there's harvest, you know, we get hard squash, you know, grapes are around, so we're playing with grapes, you know, stone fruit, you know, you know, uh, peppers, like you said, there's abundance of pe peppers right now. So, you know, tomatoes are kind of winding down. Yeah. You know, we're preserving them. We're putting them in jars and getting them ready. And uh, hard squashes is kind of like a, so you see a lot of that on spaghetti squash, Hubbard squash, butternut squash on the menu. Right now it's the season. Yeah. You know, we've got Thanksgiving coming up and we've you know, got all those winter squashes. We, we're, of course, we're California. We don't really feel the climate change as much as New York or anything right. like that. You know, oh, we don't yeah. get snow or anything You're so like. lucky. <laughs> Maybe a 10 degree difference. But, um, you know, uh, when it gets cold, I like to, you know, showcase those heartier dishes and, uh, you know, you know, things that are warm and unctuous. You know, in the summer we lighten it up. In the spring we lighten it up even more. So... Yeah. Wow. How many guys are in the kitchen? Well, How many uh, chefs are working here? Um, around, I would say, 18, rough, give or take, depending on, um, we probably got six during the day and six at night. Okay, so, so you keep them on rotation. Exactly. Okay, very nice. Okay, so we're going to get a tour of this kitchen later on, and we're going to take a fantastic tour of the winery. Um, I hope that uh, people will be able to follow along. I'm going to try to share my experiences um, later on in the show about what I saw here, what I tasted here, what I drank here. Um, so we're going to move right along with the guys, and we're going to you know, walk around the winery and, and uh, have a look what goes on here. Behind the magic of Herzog Wineries. <laughs> It really was magic. I had actually mentioned it earlier on the show before I introduced the segment, how really, you know, they took me around and really made us feel like royalty, and then they stuffed us like royalty. My husband could not drink um, because he was our driver. He's out. He doesn't like when I drive the car. <laughs> he likes to, he loves to drive. Um, he loved that California freeway. What's that, Pacific Coast Highway? Um, so he could not drink as much as me. Um, I did not roll out of there. But I felt very, very full and uh, not too tipsy. <laughs> but it was really a, it was a wonderful day. Um, and you know, when I was looking around the restaurant, I saw uh, another uh, couple there having having um, a lunch. And it was um, they said that whenever they have a day off, they've both taken some time off from work, and they said whenever they have this opportunity, they've got a bunch of kids at home. They spend the day. They drive out from Los Angeles just to spend the day out in the winery and and to you know, tour, tour it and eat from the restaurant. So it's nice that the locals come as well, you know, um, take take that drive out. So not only just for tourists um, and, and people, you know, at the rest, at the hotel that we stayed at, they said, oh, we're, what are you doing? Can we help you with anything at the concierge desk? I said, I'm here to go to the Herzog Winery. And these people, you know, they're, uh, you know, they're not Jewish and, and they love the food there. They said, it's amazing food. Does, it just happens to be kosher, and I think that's what um, you know. The Herzog family is very excited about their food, and the wine is amazing food. That just happens to be kosher, so that's that's really fantastic. So I had a great time uh, spending the day there, and then of course we uh, drove slowly down that um, California coastline, the Pacific Coast Highway. What should have been three hours took us five because. We enjoyed the views and we pulled up and just looked at the beach and the ocean. The weather was gorgeous. Um, we were flashing, so there was no stopping off for coffees in the late afternoon. Um, we ended up watching the sunset over Laguna Beach, which was really magical. So, it's you know, you watch that sun. I took beautiful, beautiful pictures of the sun going down, 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 down. The last uh, probably 20 minutes was, like, absolutely spectacular. So definitely a place you can go with your family. Um, 
from New York or even from, the, you know, wherever you are in the United States or you're looking to travel overseas, the California coastline was really very special. And there's tons of food. There's a wonderful app. I'm going to give a big shout out to uh, our, our friend from our show, Yitzi Katz. He's the creator of the Kosher GPS. Um, and without him, this California trip would have been, you know, a little harder because whenever I, wherever I was there, we were able to find, you know, you turn it on, you can find any shul, mikvah or minyan anywhere in the United States. And that was absolutely fabulous that I was able to do that. Um, so I used it a lot and we found these coffee bean and tea leaves all over the place. It's nice. They look just like Starbucks, but everything is kosher. Every morning when I was in San Diego at my husband's conference, he went off to the conference. I walked my way down a couple of blocks and they had this pepper jack cheese croissant and they would toast it for me and I would have my caramel latte. It was great. So um, it was really, uh, that's really nice. And I believe they have a couple in New York now in Manhattan that have opened up. Um, I just want to give a definite mention to, and a big, big shout out to, to a few places that I did eat. Um, now I'm talking like, Right before, right before we left, we had to run to this restaurant because I heard they made amazing eggs Benedict. Um, the chef and owner is a Moroccan French Jew, and he has—he's uh, a pastry chef, and he made amazing pastries and eggs Benedict. It was unreal. If you're in Los Angeles, go to Delice. They were amazing, and he had—and he said, "Would you like to try a Napoli?" And I go, "I don't really do the parva thing. Everybody knows who listens to me." that I like the real thing. I like milk eggs. Um, I've been spoiled by our friend, also a guest on our show, Paul Sapienza, out in Elmont, Long Island. He makes the best cannolis and Napoleons. And I thought, how could anything be better than Paul's? Um, and uh, Julian, it was amazing. It was really, and it was parv. And I never had such a good parv. Delicious. You could not tell it was parv. It did not taste like Rich's Whip. Um so, you know, Rich's Whip has its place, but uh, this was really a fabulous dessert and his Eggs Benedict uh, was to die for. You have a choice of either with uh, locks or underneath the eggs and the uh, brioche bread or uh, spinach. Oh, I, we, we chose the locks, so it was absolutely delicious. Um, big shout out to Beverly Hills Thai. Uh, uh, last week, before I left, I had Nina Safar on the show. Uh, she told me to go to Beverly Hills Thai and our friend Shifra Klein of Joy of Kosher she told me to go to Beverly Hills Thai and get the pad thai there, which is a dish from Thailand. And it is, it's actually considered their national dish. So that was actually delicious. It was as good as they told me. We had the coconut chicken soup. Um, I actually have that, re- that a recipe of that, my version of that on my website, theaussiegourmet.com. It's called Tom Kakai. I know it sounds funny with my Australian accent trying to pronounce Thai. Um, but, but that's really a delicious soup. And then, of course, um, besides all the coffee beans we ate out, and then in uh, San Diego we ate at the most delicious restaurant um, called The Grill. Um, a lot of the restaurants have, you know, changed over uh, since the last time I was in San Diego a couple of years ago. Um, and this restaurant, we're going to actually talk to Shari uh, in a minute from San Diego. I mean, she's right here in New York. We're lucky to have her right here with us. Um, and we, they, we had a steak there one night. Uh, we were there for two nights. We went two nights in a row because they're the only game in town, but I think we would have gone there two nights in a row. They had the best pico de gallo. It's kind of like a fresh tomato salad, like bruschetta's chopped up tomato, but rather than being with like garlic and um, basil, which is more of an Italian theme, this had like um, cilantro and jalapeno peppers. 
So it gave us more of a Mexican theme. It was delicious. We we kept ordering it. We walked out of there like ill because we, I mean, it was tomatoes. So it was nice and healthy um, and amazing, amazing uh, guacamole. And I had fish tacos because um, I like to try and get some fish in my diet at least once a week. So I thought, okay, this is going to be my only opportunity traveling. So I had um, I had the fish tacos. So that was really fabulous. So uh if you're out in San Diego for winter break or anytime you're out there, definitely please go to the grill. They were absolutely, and the service was lovely. And it's a husband and wife team. So um, I'd like to introduce my guest who's been sitting so nicely, quietly through our interviews, uh, Sherry Marks. Welcome to the studio. Thank you, Naomi. It's a pleasure to be here and an honor. Thank you. Uh, you're actually one of our first guests way back, I think, in March. We we had you on. Sherry and I actually had a really cool way of meeting, and we've become very fast friends. You know, Facebook, right? So, um, you know, she was getting into Facebook, and I was getting into Facebook. You know how all the friends pop up, like, you know, this one, you know, that one. It's really like playing Jewish geography. Um, and then she said, hi, I'm Sherry Marks, a Yudzvi Nachman's wife. I said, yes. She goes, I went to college with your husband. I'm like, cool. So we friended each other. Um, and then she saw what I did and I saw what she did. And then we kind of connected up that way. She's in the, you're in the, we can say you're in the food industry, but you're in the health food industry, healthy mind, healthy bodies, everything. So um, she's a life coach. So um, let's, let's, uh, let's chat about uh, what you do and how you got started in this industry. Let's, how, how did you get started? Right. Um, Whoa, I, a little crackle. <laughs> Everything's fine. <laughs> we um, won't blow up the studio right. today. I'm, I'm assuming I'm... Okay. I'm uh, assuming I'm a typical mom who's a Jewish, good Jewish mom who's had a number of kids um, and, you know, ate somewhat healthy most of my life, but not necessarily. And uh, as each kid uh, came along and so did about 10 or 15 pounds that just never disappeared. Right. And even though I was an avid worker, gym worker outer, and I used to be on the basketball team, I've done the boot camps. I'm actually a spinning instructor. Oh, really? Yes. Oh. Yes. yes. Um, and exercise is very important as part of a healthy lifestyle. Absolutely. But it's not the only thing. Um, so the most I've ever lost from after a pregnancy, even with working out, was maybe, you know, maybe five to ten pounds but there was always a lingering of right, each, right. And then most yeah. women, I'm sure if you're listening, you can totally relate to my story. Right, right. <laughs> and that along with, you know, the way we cook, you know, with the kugels on Shabbos and the three-day yuntifs, especially like this, this year. year. <laughs> this year was the three-day three day yuntif special. Apparently, we're going to be having a Another lot. Another one, right. In right. the next 10 years, we're going to have like seven out of 10 oh will my be three-day yuntif. And I don't remember that growing up. Seriously. No, I don't either. <laughs> I don't either. Make Aliyah. That's what I said, for sure. That's a good excuse. Let's go. And um, so it got to a point when I was, you know, almost 40, and I said, you know, this goal, like, by the time I'm 40, I'm going to do something about it, right? Even though I've been trying all these years, I would shut my kids to the gym, but I always knew I needed something to help me on the outside. And like anyone else, you know, we've tried the South Beach, the Weight Watchers, whatever, you know, there was a, a lady in my gym who lost weight. And I said, what'd you do? She said, I became a mailman. I'm like, fine, I'll become a mailman. Just give me <laughs> something that's going to work. Whatever works. Whatever Seriously, works. I was just at that point, just show me something. So I was open. I mean, not every little thing. I wasn't interested in doing any type of shots or, you know, drops or, you know, I don't even want to mention HCG and all that, but like just something that's like a normal thing I could follow and that I could stick to because a lot of times I would start something, but I couldn't stick to it more than a few weeks. Um, so I came across someone had started a 
um, a Jewish chamber of commerce in San Diego, a nice Israeli couple. And um, I literally saw them losing weight. I mean, like melting away. And it was a one-on-one. It wasn't a third party. It wasn't like my friend's friend's friend. It was someone right in front of me losing weight. So I, um, you know, approached her and I said, so what are you doing? You know, like, what's your story, so to speak? And she told me about this program. And I was a little hesitant to kind of, you know, just buy into something that I don't know anything about, except I did see results right in front of me. Right, right. So I said, okay, I'm, you know, I'm willing to try it. I was already doing a whole year of boot camp, so I was in good shape, physically speaking, and uh, was already going to the gym. So I said, my husband's going to kill me if I do one more thing, (laughs) right? Yeah. So I said, maybe I'll do it for two weeks. But whatever it was, okay, I did it for the month. And I hid it from him. I didn't tell anybody. It was like in my closet, so to speak. And after three weeks, I lost 12 pounds. (gasps) And to me, that was like, oh, my gosh. I have never done anything where I elicited that much weight. 12 pounds? Oh, my gosh. I would love to do that. (laughs) Wow. We'll talk afterwards. Yeah, 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 absolutely. (laughs) Well, let's talk now. Right, right. No, I understand. Well, you know, I think in general, you know, Shari, as I said, is from San Diego. I think people on the West Coast are a little bit more health conscious than people. People know she's saying not sure. I, I find them more health conscious than the New Yorkers. Oh, for sure, for sure. You know, I saw a lot more fruits and vegetables and 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 uh, healthier meals being served. Right, right. I don't know. A little whole observation. Wheat. Whole wheat. A lot Holland. more whole wheat, whole grain. More, more fish. Mm-hmm. A lot more fish. Yes. You well, know. we're by the ocean. Right. Well, so are you? Yes, I will be, but I don't know. <laughs> the uh, East River is not the our same. Our friends from Seattle, you know, the Rebacks—they're very fish conscious. Like, you know, making sure that they eat. Fish several times a week. I try to get it once a week. I think people on the West Coast are much more. Could be. Yeah. It could be. Um, so anyway, so I started. You don't even realize. <laughs> I don't, actually. You're right. I uh, started that, and then I think I said to my husband, so, okay, he saw the credit card bill, and, and so I said, okay, do you want me to stop, or do you want me to continue? <laughs> what were you buying? What's What's the secret that you're buying? Okay. So the program is called Take Shape for Life, not Take Shape for the Wedding, not Take Shape for the Graduation. It's for life. Right. You're changing your whole lifestyle. Exactly. So it's not a diet because how many of us have been on diets and we yo-yo up and down? And what did we learn from it? Nothing. We just wasted our time. We wasted our money. So this program is a John Hopkins clinically approved program. The parent company is Medifest, and I am a free certified health coach through the Villanova School of Nursing. Okay. And that's all through the parent company, but it's called Take Shape for Life. So if you just go to Medifast, you will not just get a free health coach. It's a, a separate entity. It's a separate program. Right, right. That's just like people think they can do a diet, and diets don't work. We know that. Right. You need the support. Yes. You just, need support. I mean, Weight Watchers give support. But right. It's not know, individualized, though. Right. It's right. To a lot of group therapy. Right. And, right. You know, I would go to Weight Watchers meetings, and they'd talk about their one Thanksgiving meal a year and how they were going to get yeah. through Thanksgiving. Right. I'm thinking Friday night, Shabbos <laughs> afternoon, and Shalashittas. You right. know, right. what do they know right. every week? Right, and especially the three three-day yuntifs. I'm like, they make such a big deal about it. We have this, like, what? how many meals did we prepare? Like 17, uh, seriously. <laughs> right, right. It's, it's so true. So you need, you need something or someone who understands right. you as an individual and we as a people. <laughs> right, right. So we do have a group of Jewish health coaches around the country. Uh, in different locations, and uh, we've developed um, a rapport with the company. They understand about six hours, Basavachalov, the whole nine yards. We're the medical director. They have a lot of OU kosher products. Most of them are dairy, some are parv, and they're getting more. As a matter of fact, since we've been a part of the company, 
every single new product that is launched is kosher. Uh-huh. So we've really made a big. And know, how does one like get a hold of this? Like you know, can we give share some information for to people find you or sure. a local? Sure. A local, you know, if you're in New York and New Jersey, right. How, right. how do we find right. you? Right. So I am a health coach. I actually work with people locally or actually all around the country. Locally meaning California or locally New York? In New York. I have a, most of my clients actually are in New York. So that's amazing that you can live in California and right. be a life coach. So you come in. Um, I don't need to, but I like to meet with the people or I Skype with them. Or right. Predominantly, um, I coach people one-on-one. We speak with each other, let's say, the first three days are on plan to kind of make sure. And then thereafter, once a week, and we learned uh, the coaching program is from the, called The Habits of Health. It's written by Dr. Wayne Scott Anderson, and he's the medical director of the company. Mm-hmm. And he's just metamorphosized the company in terms of having this relationship with your you know, coach and client. Much the same way if you were just to walk into a gym and just work out, it's not the same thing as like if you have a, a personal, personal trainer. trainer. Or a personal chef. Right. I mean, right. but it helps you advance that right. much more. When you have that one-on-one, right? help me, I need this, or I've done something right. wrong, right. and they can reach out to you. And it's, right. you know, the world is shrinking. Right. People, te- you know, work in Israel right. for American companies. Right. So if they can do that, then right. you can be a life coach anywhere in the world, right. basically. Right. So statistically speaking, anyone who has a mentor, they're always going to be more successful. But even more so, someone who's already experienced the program themselves. Because right. I know, all, you know, or we know what it feels like to go through a yentif with this program. What do you do for Yom Kippur? What do you do for Shabbos? So even more so the Jewish coaches, you know, than the non-Jewish coaches, which, you know, we teach them also. I get phone calls from the medical director's, you know, wife, and, and she's like one of the head coaches. She goes, oh, I have a Jewish client. Help me, you know, what to tell them what to do. Right. So right. How, how do we, do you have a website, so, an email? Yeah. My website is www.thintogether.com. And my email is thintogether at gmail.com. And I also am on Facebook. And I have a group of uh, clients on Facebook. And I also started a separate blog slash website called www.kosherweightlossmaven.com that really helps people who are kosher people who are on the program. That's great. You've got a really amazing support system. So that means people are really doing this and really losing weight right. and getting the results or right. else they wouldn't do it. Right. And I mean... I. Most importantly, I should say that I lost 50 pounds Unreal. She's after so having skinny. six kids and have kept it off for four years yeah. and counting. And most of my clients, if they follow the coaching part of the program, if they don't just buy the product and just say, yeah, forget it, I don't need They're the people who kind of like, they don't, they don't learn the healthy lifestyle. The important thing is not just losing the weight. It's learning what to eat, how often, uh, portion control, and a healthy lifestyle because that's the key. I mean, my husband and I feel better now than we did when we were in our 20s. Right. My I mean, husband, you, he did, he's 60 years old. He did a headstand amazing. at my daughter's wedding. I was like, wow, I didn't even know you could do that. Right, right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing. It's really amazing that, you know, I've lost weight, I've gained it. I've right. lost weight, right. I've gained it's it. Typical. You know, it's very hard. I think the key is to lose weight. And then the biggest key, Keeping it off. And right. I think that's the hardest thing. Right, right. Um, and it's low glycemic. It keeps my blood sugar levels constant. I'm not craving. I'm, I'm not coming home and attacking the refrigerator. I have a plan. I could work out when I am going to a wedding or I'm going away. We work out with our clients how to deal with everyday life. and Because, look, there's always going to be a kiddish or a shalom zachar or a bar mitzvah or dinners. I mean, guys in New York have, like, dinners and weddings every night. All it's the time. crazy. I've I once mean, had four weddings in a week. <laughs> I mean, so, I yeah. mean, 
You can you can dance it off too, but you know what? The <laughs> smorg is an issue here. You guys yeah. have smorgs that are like to die for. I, I mean, the first time I went to a wedding, and I'm gonna have to start wrapping up the show soon already. Um, the first time I went to a wedding, I I, I was in America about ten days, um, and I walked into the wedding, and there was a big, huge smorg, and I thought, never. These poor people can't afford a sit-down wedding. There's gonna be no meal. The husband and Carla aren't gonna have a meal at the wedding. I I I was shocked, and then I, of course, I later found out after the uh. Schmorg, the Batekin, the Chuppah, that there was a huge meal to follow. And then they had what they, I don't know if they even still do this, a Viennese table. It was unbelievable. So it was like this massive thing. And my first initial reaction is never, they, they don't have any money. They, But apparently this is quite typical. At the time, I, I you know, now I know because I've been here for 20 years, but I thought that was like an anomaly, you know, but apparently it's. Yeah, we, we, we love to eat, eat over here in New York. It's it's quite, you know. Right. I mean, I think everyone, I think we like to eat as a people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of our religion is, is centered around food. Right. You know, my family, I'm very into us sitting down together and eating dinner together every night. I think that's, you know, sitting around the table eating food and eating healthy food, vegetable, vegetable soups, uh, chicken, protein. And I'm very light on the carbs. You know, but, but, you know, my kids are young and, and I'm trying to train them healthy and a, and a snack is something like fruits and vegetables. You know, we, we love to eat out and we eat out a lot. And you just heard about in California, I kind of didn't watch my diet too much, but I tried to swim every day just to burn off a little bit of calories um, and walk, walk, walk. If you can't get in a pool and it's in New York, it's cold now and I'm back and I'm like having a hard time adjusting to the cooler temperatures and I've only been gone a few days. Um you know, just try to pound the pavement, get your heart pumping. And I think I think Sherry has a lot to offer. And I think if you want to, another shout out to your website. www.thintogether.com. And um, I'm also going to be in New York for the next week right. or so. I We've will be at the Kosher, kosher Fest. We're high-fiving each other. We've got week. Kosher Feast, Kosher Fest, and Kosher Food Bloggers. So I'm... On that note, I'm going to switch over to some food news. I've got amazing food news to share with you. Um, table for two is going to be on live, not from the Lower East Side, on the 15th of November. It's going to be live from AHC Appliances in Cedarhurst to all my listeners. If you could make your way, instead of listening to me, you can come live and see us uh, taping our show off um from AHC Appliances in Cedarhurst on Central Avenue. Um, we're going to be doing it from the store. We're going to have a cooking demonstration. We're going to learn about how to use our ovens. People don't know how to use their ovens. We've got great settings on our ovens now. We're going to do probe cooking. We're going to do latkes. We've got an amazing show lined up for you. So please come down, 9 o'clock, AHC Appliances. Um, we're going to have some coffee waiting for you. It's going to be an absolutely fabulous morning. And it's going to be a super-sized show because it's going to be from 9 to 10.30 in the morning. So get the kids on the bus if you're coming. I have a lot of listeners in Kew Garden Hills. Make your way over the Van Wick as soon as the kids have left. The traffic will be gone by then, and you'll catch our show live. So that's going to be uh, November 15th at 9 a.m. On November 4th, if you have some time, please come to my live cooking demonstration at Gourmet Glut in Borough Park. Not the one in Five Towns, is it? Gourmet Glut on 13th Avenue in Borough Park. November 4th, it's going to be 11.30. So I really hope that people will, will come because we're going to be talking about fish. And I'm going to be doing this in conjunction with Gourmet Glut and um, 
and the Aussie's fish counter inside of, that's where I'll be, right by the Aussie's counter. I write a lot of recipes for them. So please make your way down. We're going to talk about how to make fish, how to choose fish. Um, just it's so healthy for you, and people don't know how to cook it. And my job for Aussie's uh, fish for the last about seven or eight years is teaching people what to do with these um, with, with fish recipes. So um, I hope that you will join me um, November 4th in Borough Park in Gourmet Glut on 13th Avenue. Um, another very exciting news for our listeners in Israel. I know that you're out there because I get some lovely emails from you. Gitty Allman, she is the most unbelievable baking teacher and cake decorating. She travels all over the world teaching uh, people how to decorate cakes. She's going to be in Israel um, in the month of November. Um, so if you want to see her giving a, a fabulous and learn, not only watch, but learn how to do it, uh, decorate mycakeny.com. Okay, that's her website, decorate, decorate mycakeny.com or gitty, G-I-T-T-I, at decoratemycakeny.com um, to get the information. Um, she's going to be in Beit Shemesh, Hashmonaim, Ranana, Ramat Beit Shemesh, Pizgatza Avenue Shalim, Efrat and Meale Adumim. So you can catch her live. Um, nominal fee, but you will learn amazing, amazing skills. And, of course, I've been mentioning the last few weeks, Karen Orr is, um, is having their Cat Skills on Amsterdam fundraiser. It's uh, for children of multiple disabilities who are blind and have other disabilities as well. Um, they're having a fundraiser for these children. Um, it's movie and bingo, and they're going to be having wine, beer, appetizer, and desserts. So it's a fabulous um, a program they've got together. That's Saturday night, November 16th at 9 p.m. at the Westside Institutional Synagogue. Uh, you can RSVP 212 534. Again, 212-279-0534. That sounds like an amazing evening um, of food and movies and socializing. It's actually open to everyone. At first, it was just couples and singles, uh, 20s and 30s. But um, they told me now that uh, we can uh, – it's now open to whoever wants to come. Um, uh, so uh, please uh, – come down to support these amazing events. And I also recently got an email from uh, Ina Coppell for her Imuna event. And thank you for all our listeners who supported that event for going. And she raised like over $60,000 for the children, um, uh, uh, Imuna's children in Israel. So that was really great. So thank you, everyone, for supporting all these wonderful events. And, and they're all involving food and healthy lifestyles for for everyone. So, um you know, if uh, if you missed any shows, you can get them on our podcast now on iTunes. You can go to nachumsegel.com and listen on the archives um, on, uh, or around, around the world and on the web at nachumsegel.com. Um, I just want to wish everyone a great Shabbos, a healthy Shabbos. Stay warm. We've got exciting things coming up. We're going to report back from Kosher Fest, Kosher Feast, and Kosher Food Bloggers next week. And everyone, have a great Shabbos and a great week. Shabbos.